Coming to you from the long-running music review website, adobeandteardrops.com. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Bringing you all of the amazing music that you're missing. I found my piece hidden in the story. My death will hold no need for mourning. From New York to Florida and all around the world, Rachel and Vaughn bring you the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Some ethical final destination. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 118 of Adobe and Teardrops recording it two weeks in advance so i don't know if the world explodes in two weeks you know just remember that we didn't know anything about it we were blissfully unaware nope. uh, <laughs> and i'm here with cindy emchi from uh secret emchi society she has an awesome new record out so i'm gonna play a little bit of music but cindy is also a dj on the gimme country streaming radio service and so i enlisted her to uh, supply some of her skills for this episode. I'm um, so happy to be here. I can't I can't wait to play the music and just have all the fun. Yeah, and I, I've had your music on the blog pretty much since it started because you had that <laughs> other band, uh, Oakland Wine Drinkers Union. Yes, they, that was a great band. I loved them so much. I was really sad because when uh, they uh, they got pregnant and had to move to Wisconsin. So got geography it. and, you know, pregnancy broke up the band but you know <laughs> we made some great songs until then yes the, they definitely get stuck in my head from time to time i can't oh. tell you which one because it's just like it plays in my head and i'm like oh yeah it's it's uh it's that band <laughs> but uh um that's awesome yeah i should uh i'll go back in a future episode and i'll have some of that music on here uh, <laughs> but yeah i'd love for you to and you've also like helped start uh country queer and like you've got a lot of stuff to talk about so is there anything you want to say as you're introducing yourself um, well, I'm, you know, Cindy, and I, I'm a queer country singer out of Oakland, California, and I've been in like a million bands, but <laughs> then once upon a time, I kind of decided that geography and pregnancy and alcoholism and all those other things kept breaking up my band, so I made one that just had my name in it, so it didn't have to keep breaking up and renaming. Uh, happy to be here and you know we can play some some of my country music that you picked out and you know some of my pals country music that I picked out and it'll all be pretty groovy yeah um well let's jump in before we started recording you started to tell me a little bit about hell is a hard place from your new album the chaser um yeah so yeah. you're you're in you know the wonderful you know hamlet of new york city <laughs> and uh I was telling you that I actually wrote that song when I was in uh, New York to play the Queer Country Quarterly Show, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with Karen and the Sorrows. And um, my my touring guitarist was with me from Canada, Tolan McNeil, who also produced the whole uh, new record, as well as plays on it a whole bunch. And we were in town to play the show and he had been going through a breakup and was just kind of venting about how sad he was that it felt like his ex was you know, being a bit mean as X's are, no breakup mm -hmm. is perfect. Um, and so it in that particular experience of his was the how the song title came about, that hell is a hard place because 
he was he was kind of just in an emotional hell around it all and I felt so bad for him and then it really triggered this idea for me since we were on the road together of how like when you're touring you're such an intimate family like you're spending every moment together you wake up together you fall asleep together you be train wrecks together the whole nine yards and um how even though that's so intense and intimate at the end of the night like everyone still goes to bed by themselves so it's also still really lonely at the same time and how we can kind of support each other in that as like a little chosen family so that's kind of the whole uh landscape or universe that the song was born in right in fort green in brooklyn <laughs> so it seemed relevant yeah i was thinking because you mentioned that the ex um was a mutual friend and like uh rosa's sitting here and she's tired of hearing me talk about it but i've been rereading pride and prejudice because the first time i read it like i was in high school and i feel like i didn't have enough historical context or whatever so now i'm going back to it and uh Spoiler alert for like a 300 year old novel, but uh, <laughs> I'm at the part where um, Elizabeth finds out that Darcy, what Darcy's true motives were uh, mm -hmm. behind like breaking up uh, his, her sister's engagement and him being such a jerk. And <laughs> it's kind of, like, it kind of reminded me of that where it's like, yeah. you have this like difficult situation between two people and you're kind of like trying to figure out like whose side of like, there's two sides to the story and how do you reconcile that with like your own experience? Right. And so often I feel like, you know, both sides are actually correct and valid and both sides are actually totally wrong. Yeah. Like the, tr <laughs> the truth just lies like in how people take certain events and how they hit their hearts and their feelings. And, you know, I, I definitely on this album, I have a bunch of kind of like songs about relationships, including an old ex of mine. And it's like, when they hear the song, I don't know what they're going to think because they might be like, that's not how that happened at all. What the heck? You know, and I'll just be like, that was, you know, my truth of it. And I think that's the best we can ever do, right? Is just try to find our own truth around it. And mm -hmm. Or they might not even listen at all unless you have that kind of relationship <laughs> now. Uh, it's, it's been like 25 years, so they're probably going to listen. <laughs> At this point, we're friendly enough. <laughs> oh, that's uh, cool. But who knows if we'll be staying that friendly after? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. All right, yeah, so let's dig into the song about like solidarity, difficult times, something that none of us can understand right now. This is <laughs> Secret <laughs> MG Society with Hell is a Hard Place from the new album, The Chaser. And I'll also add that by the time you're all listening to this, I will have written a review for No Depression. Don't know if you knew I was doing that. So uh, you can read it. I'll link to it in the show notes. And it'll be the day the album comes out. Mm -hmm. I planned it this way. That's smart. <laughs> I try. It's all mask, really. <laughs>
registered when my room is clean and beds paid at the local bar. When the foggy man breaked in, hissing my favorite song, and I do all the normal stuff for people do just to get along. I tell you how it's gonna be. I'm gonna write a letter just to say that you miss me. Jeff Brown with Melody from his new solo album, The French King Was Decapitated. I mean, with a title like that, how could you not like go in there and listen to it? Oh my God. Uh, right? <laughs> I played his music on here before, but you've heard it introduced under the name The Savage Poor, which is a rock band with his brother and some other folks over in Texas. And this was kind of like his little side project that he put together. Uh, the Savage Poor has like some really pointed songwriting and you could definitely hear that on this album uh, but it's also a bit more whimsical and has like kind of more of like a pop feel to it uh, i chose melody because it sort of captures the whole album like it's definitely got some country elements but there are a couple of other songs on there that like mutiny on the bounty that i thought about playing but it's definitely kind of the most out there of uh, the songs on the album so i thought um if i want to get you to listen to the rest of it i should probably have the song that's the most representative of the whole package but it's really fun, and I know that Jeff put a lot of work into it. I think he recorded the whole thing by himself. So definitely take a listen to that. And then, uh, Cindy, tell us more about uh, that Carolyn Mark song. Okay, so this next song, I'm so excited about it. Um, it's my friend Carolyn Mark uh, sings it, and she wrote it actually with the band NQ Arbuckle, which is another band out of Yes, I love them. And they, um, they did an album together um called let's just stay here and for and they did this song on that album and it's a lot slower and so carolyn released it on her album comeback special i'm sorry there's punctuation come back special so <laughs> and um i just love it it's this song about um how you know in our other best lives we might make a lot of different choices but it kind of doesn't 
stop the heartbreak we might have when a relationship ends. And, um, you know, you think a lot about the road less traveled sometimes or the paths we didn't take in life. And to me, this is one of those songs that's so, um, it just feels so joyful and happy. And yet the words are actually so mired in like regret and heartbreak that the juxtaposition of it just makes it really magical to me. And so I wanted to share it with your people because it's just one of my favorite songs in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll confess, um, as Tom City, I didn't get a chance to listen to the, most of these songs before we started. So I'm looking forward to going back in and listening to Hi. them for sure. Yeah. Um, so this song may or may not like fit the tone at all, but this is from Sweetwater Warblers. Uh, say that five times fast. Um, they've got like these awesome harmonies and like this great 90s vibe. Um, you might know some of these people, Cindy. Uh, it's like a super group of like Michigan singer-songwriters, Rachel Davis, Lindsay Liu, who I think is Lindsay Liu in the flat bellies, uh, May Earl Wine. Um, uh, they kind of came together a couple years ago because they were all performing separately at this uh, folk festival somewhere in Michigan, I believe. And uh, the promote the organizer was like, hey, why don't you all sing a song together? And they found they had this chemistry and, you know, you could obviously hear it on this album. That's so awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know them. I actually... Uh sadly don't have a lot of musical connection to Michigan. Um, mm -hmm. When I lived there, I was primarily a poet and I kind of got out of town as soon as I like graduated from college. Um, I actually didn't even know about the Women's Music Festival until I came to San Francisco to intern for On Our Backs magazine. And then they were all like, oh, you're from Michigan, you've totally been there. And I was all like, what's that? And there's like this huge ad for a music festival for, you know, big old dykes are you know it's like not even that far from my house and I had no idea because <laughs> I actually tried I think I feel like they tried to keep it a little more secret locally mm -hmm. so that people wouldn't come and harass the festival goers so yeah none of the queer most of the queer folks I knew who were all like baby queers then right because we're all in our like late teens and early 20s didn't know <laughs> I came out to San Francisco <laughs> and I was like the what now with the who's it and the thing and then that was right around the time that a lot of the controversy started with them not um being inclusive of trans women and then i was mm -hmm. like well now i don't want to go but i you know i'd wish i'd known about you before i knew that you were jerks right <laughs> i know that you know i don't want to i don't want to support something that's not inclusive so you know say less. right but also like the idea of going to something that yeah i could see that yeah, of course it's a conflict. Like it would have been cool to have gone at that. And especially yeah. like like a you know, a young like teenager just coming out to be like who in Michigan, like I was from this small town, I didn't know where where to find any of my own like people because I was this like kind of goth poet, like <laughs> rocker queer, which let me just say that there were not a lot of other dykes of that style or gay men or you know whichever I couldn't find anybody like me basically and I was just like oh so uh, an event where I could have seen a lot of queer feminist people would have been amazing right but instead I was like I'll just move to the Bay Area fine. <laughs> wait so I gotta ask for people who don't know uh, on our backs was like a really important um specifically lesbian or femme yeah, cover, and you want to describe it, um, sort of non-cis man related uh, erotica magazine 
Um, yeah, it's like, I, I got to know what it was like working for I, them. Well, I called it a le lesbian feminist porn magazine. Yes. Yeah. It was definitely not simply erotica. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it was a lot more boring than you'd think. It was in like <laughs> a normal office building. Like we actually shared the space with two uh, gay men magazines, gay male set specific magazines. Um, one was called Wild, named after Oscar Wilde. And uh, the other one, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, a, um, it came out like twice a year. And it was like a, it was a guide to like which bathrooms across the country were good for gay male hookups. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it, but it was like all just like, you know, beige walls and boring desks and drop ceilings and fluorescent lighting and people are just like clacking away at the computers trying to get work done. Mm -hmm. And then Susie Bright or Annie Sprinkle just walk in and they're like, hey, I got a new article. And like in their, you know, sweats and t-shirts and you're like, you're supposed to look like... You're, you're supposed to be naked. <laughs> at all naked and covered in glitter. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> It was a, a real eye opener that uh yeah things are things are not always what they seem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the bathroom thing. I don't know. Grinder contributing to the demise of gay bars, but at the same time we don't have to like go to truck stop bathrooms anymore to like find people. So or yeah. for the most part, so you know that's good. I mean, I <laughs> like to think that it's hopefully a little safer. Mm -hmm. people, you know. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure there's a thrill in doing all of that off the grid, though. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, okay, so we went from Michigan to uh, KSX and bathrooms. <laughs> now we're going to turn to stone <laughs> by the Sweetwater Warblers with their new album, The Dream That Holds This Child.
I'm not going to do the thing where I ask you if you know every single artist <laughs> I'm featuring in this episode, <laughs> but there is a chance you know Ferris and Jason Romero. I don't. Okay, cool. Um, they are luthiers in the Pacific Northwest. I think I'm assuming somewhere. Well, I don't want to assume because it could be either Washington or, you know, Oregon. And that I know people will get mad if I mix that up. Um, they take it but, very seriously. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They make their own instruments. They write their own songs. They're raising kids together. It's like a whole thing. Um, oh. And their new album is Bet on Love. And I was just saying, because I will also have written uh, the review for this album by the time you read this on No Depression, that uh, I think a very clear memory of getting their first album in the mail, because I think it was right when um, larger PR companies were starting to like send music to Adobe and Teardrops. So it's really cool that about eight years later, we're both still going. And um, yeah, definitely go back through their catalog. They've got obviously amazing chemistry while they perform um, and just have some very beautiful, soulful folk music. <laughs> and then uh, we also played Becky Lynn and her druthers and I looked up their bio <laughs> what is wig country <laughs> that's how they describe themselves as a, a wig country hair. yeah I <laughs> saw that big hair um so Becky Lynn and her druthers are kind of like a classic honky-tonk charming as hell band coming out of the North Bay here so that's like uh, Marin County the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge like lots of beautiful hills and things and um they just play this i feel like they're a really great kind of like 70s throwback of playing all these really beautiful they do a lot of covers in their set right now because they've got probably about an ep and a half maybe um, i think probably a full album of originals done now but they've been playing for a while and they just becky lynn the lead singer has this amazingly powerful voice that just like can just slay an entire room and <clears throat> with that and like lap steel and upright bass and everything just the whole sound comes together in this really kind of all the best things you think about when you think of like 70s like somewhat outlaw country or like the beautiful kind of songbird like goddesses of country music with like the big pure voice but it just fills a room and they always seem to get the whole audience dancing and it's like I love I do shows with them a fair bit well when we could do shows <laughs> and uh I just, I love it because it transports me right out of any like nerves or concern about my set. And I'm just like, I'm there for the show. Like I don't, you know, it, it just, it's fully transports me to a new world. And so this is uh, one of the, my favorite song by then isn't released yet, which is about um, how her mom was a cocaine cowgirl in the Bay Area, <laughs> the which is great. And like, Put it on your radar for when they release it because it's mm. amazing i released the video of it to youtube but it's not you know available for the, the buying of the song yet but uh get me but get behind me satan and push is a total fun sing-along you know kind of tune that's all like you know you're getting a little pushed into bad behavior but maybe you like it <laughs> also, <laughs> a good song title yeah it reminds me of like a Leuven Brothers song title, but it's got like the opposite effect. Like instead of being like, you know, get behind me, Satan, it will, it's like, you'll get behind me and push me into like the fun stuff. So it's probably yeah, what they were really thinking. I mean, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you go and look up pictures of the band, like the uh, background players are have like sort of matching suits and like the bolo ties. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Becky Lynn's wearing these like incredible like, four foot tall beehive <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's amazing what happens with the, the hair it's just like and i've seen the like the wig gallery and it's just it's 
epic. It's wonderful. That's and she awesome. also is uh, the lead singer for like kind of an electronica hip hip uh, trip hop band called Halu, which is uh, <laughs> famous for. So it's like it's it's a great juxtaposition of musical styles. Her two projects. So does she wear the wigs while she's performing the trip hop? Uh, it's a different aesthetic. <laughs> There's still a lot that's, of hair, but it's a different aesthetic. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that just kind of sounds like the quintessential like Bay Area like mix up to me right yeah but um yeah I mean I don't know if you want to talk about it much but I, it also makes me think about all the things that you know we've lost but on both sides of the coast yeah you know now that the rents are somehow even getting more expensive yeah I um it does feel like a lot of some of our like kind of quirkier culture we are losing it but what I've been um one of the things I have found is that a lot of, and especially at my age now, because I'm in my 40s, and I find that I'm meeting a lot more people who actually were born and raised here in the Bay Area and maybe mm -hmm. weren't able to stay, but like they're, they've like gotten, they've inherited the family home, you know, that their parents had bought in the 20s or something. And like, like parents are starting to, you know, get sick and need support. So people are coming back and mm -hmm. it's like there's, they're bringing a lot of the quirky weirdness back also. Interesting. So that's it's a funny thing because I keep meeting people and like for a while there's always a joke I'm married to someone who was born and raised here so like I know a lot of folks who are from here um through her like high school and college connections and whatnot but uh, it's just funny is now I'm meeting more people who are like oh yeah I was born and raised in, in San Francisco or Oakland or you know San Rafael and um they people are starting to come back because they can they have like a, a family in back because it's just, you know generations of having been here so it's a it's an interesting shift that I didn't expect I'd start seeing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, people definitely treat me like I'm unusual for being a native New Yorker. But I think like, um, yeah, there have to be like extremely wealthy or extremely not to be a native New Yorker. Um, yeah. So I guess it depends on what kind of <laughs> circles you travel in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was seeing something somewhere, like there are all these articles right now about things closing down in the city and the character of the city and how it's gonna change. And a lot of people wringing their hands about, uh, it's gonna be like the 70s all over again. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> well that's, <laughs> that's a concern for some of you who were right. scared of New York City in the 70s and maybe you'll go back to where you came from. But <laughs> right. for the rest of us, <laughs> we're not scared. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully the more difficult parts of the 70s uh, don't return in any form to any part of the country. It's true. Awesome. Yeah. But uh, speaking of like gentrification and cities changing, this song is so good. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like most of the rest of the album. It's by a Seattle duo called Smokey Brights, and they made a point of discussing uh, their roots to Seattle <laughs> in their bio. So I think they're feeling the same type of way I do, speaking for myself. Yeah. Um, uh, their husband, the band is led by a husband and wife duo, Kim West, and, oh, I have to scroll over, and Ryan Devlin. I think Kim is a lawyer, which is pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. And the first song is Save Us, Save Us Sarah, and I'll let the lyrics speak for themselves. Um, you should really check out the whole album. They have, like, this really interesting sort of, like, mix of, like, most of the songs are pretty poppy, but have, like, this kind of punk edge to them that I think is really cool, and also, like, sort of a twang to it. Um, yeah. So is it it's... Is it punky? No. It's, like, it's really glossy. 
there's like some synths in there there's some like it sounds like electronic drums which are like not my favorite but like it works for them so uh this is smoky brights with save us sarah from their album i love you but damn Great name. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Sarah's been here for a while. She's the city's abandoned child. Black denim studded star Faded tattoos on her arms She says oh punks never die Still got the band still doing alright Says I don't have to be polite To some kid who moved here last night Save us, Sarah Nobody plays like you Turn it up loud and break some hearts now Do what you came to do
Hard as I try 
After Smoky Brights, we got into Jeremy and the Harlequins with Nervous Wreck. Uh, they are just like a really funny group of folks. I think they're based in Brooklyn, uh, just based on what they were saying about this song. Obviously, they wrote it a while ago, but um, since they're in Brooklyn right now and the song was released a couple weeks ago, they it's kind of feeling the true, uh, you know, the song became a self-fulfilling prophecy, let's just say. Um, but I'm going to go into this in the show notes around Christmas. They came up with like a Christmas song about like getting dumped on Christmas and the video is so funny. <laughs> it's like at this huge like retro old school like Chinese dim sum place somewhere in New Jersey and they like put the camera on a lazy Susan and they like, spin it around while they're doing like goofy things in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I think you can also hear that sense of humor in this song. 
So then after Jeremy and the Harlequins, you heard Whitaker with Southbound Train. I brought up Peach somewhere. I think on Adobe and Teardrops. That was their single a couple months ago. Um, and one of their other songs on the podcast back in 2018. So yes, I have a history with Whitaker. Uh, their new album Seasons just came out and they've got like this really cool kind of heavy classic rock song. And then after that, we got to Mercy Bell. And obviously we are, I'm a big fan of Mercy Bell. She oh, was, she's so great. She's going to be in the uh, ninth anniversary show tomorrow, which will have been two weeks ago. Um, so that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I love this song. Uh, did you want to speak to it? I mean, it's just, you know, I love Mercy. She's so great. And we've done, um, she's actually from the Bay Area originally, which I didn't know until we were doing a show together in the Bay Area and all her family came. It was like, oh my God, they're all so nice. Um, but I love a song that's, that mentions weird beverage, weird edible products that you don't think go together. And it's, you know, it always, that, that's like a, a hook for me every time. I'm like, well, hey, I like things that are named after whiskey because I, I mean, I even named a band after it, you know, one time. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. I hear chocolate milk and whiskey and I'm like, give me that. I want to hear it. I want to hear it now. And so I just thought it would be a really, uh, it's, it's a pretty like charming song. And I just wanted to, I thought your people might like it. Yeah, I think that might be my favorite of hers, but like they all get stuck in my head at different times. So I don't know. Yeah. Whichever one is stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Canadian country, it seems to be something we keep going back to. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking about this with somebody else on the podcast a couple weeks ago with Ellen Angelico, who's a guitar player in Nashville, um, and one of us, shall we say. And um, they were saying that they felt like Canadian country music just kind of has a different sound, and I feel that way too. I was wondering if that's okay. something you want to uh, speak I mean, to. I agree, because I feel like, you know it's they've definitely got kind of their own thing going on and often it's just um you know i think of like jenny whittier or carolyn mark or nq arbuckle or corb lund and it's you know culture wall and it's just like all it just i don't know how to exactly describe it but it always feels like i'm like putting on like the most comfortable sweater in the world and i'm just suddenly like so happy and i'm you know i'm just like it just feels very like I feel very comforted and charmed and happy when I listen to Canadian country music, even when it's super sad. I'm like, <laughs> oh, or when it's super fast paced, you'd be like, oh, does it make you feel rowdy? And I'm like, kind of. It makes me feel like I'm drinking with my friends all the time. Like there's just a, there's just some kind of different tonality to it that I can't put my finger on that is absolutely infatuating to me. So I, I wonder if part of it's like the accent. Maybe like they do have like a little bit of an accent and that does change yeah. their like inflection a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but this one is Jack Pine and the fire. I wrote in my notes, Canadian country. Yes. Juno nominated. Yes. Hopefully uh, his next release will net that one for him. Uh, yeah. This is his latest single rich in time. Well, I don't want to work from nine to five. Come home from the job just Punches in every morning at nine 
steps up to take his place on the factory line. Sandwich in a bag, trading money for time. But you ain't gonna catch me working on that line. Cause I don't wanna work from nine to five. Come home from the job. Say the house was full of cheese. She'd pop one for herself and get a meal on the fry. Then it's TV on the couch waiting for the next line. So I don't Just fine. Wouldn't it be nice to trade money for time? But I, I'd rather be rich in time. I'd rather be rich in time. I'd rather be rich.
catch the call and whistle while we're walking Something inside me dies, you and I
good folks everywhere Been walking all around With the heads hanging down Show them love, show them laughter Lord, show us a sign Cause when we're really loving We ain't afraid to Then after Jack Pine, we got into that new Orville Peck song, Summertime. Uh, I have hot takes on Orville Peck. Would you like to? <laughs> what do you think about him? Um, I like Orville Peck quite a lot. I, mm-hmm. uh, I love how he kind of captures that sound of, it almost feels like, you know, if you needed like a gay honky-tonk singer in a David Lynch bar, <laughs> like he would kind of land there, which you know, was actually the, the part of the wheelhouse I had wanted to fill. So I was like, oh, you got there first. Um, but I, I, I do like his music quite a lot. I, um, I can't wait to hear, like, when he writes a song that's like a real kind of like fast-paced barnstormer. Like, I'm really curious to hear what that's going to sound like. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it has this very kind of, um, this like beautiful mood that's very like, you know, um, laid back I can't think of the right word but you know it's a little it's a little more like slow and reflective for a lot of his music so I kind of can't wait to hear when he kicks out with like a real you know like let's all just like get on the floor and dance to it song like in a country music kind of way like I'm looking forward to that yeah especially because it's it's sort of like his identity is an open secret and he's like a drummer or he was a drummer in a punk rock right so we would think that we'd get some faster paced stuff yeah, I mean, I thought like the first album is cool. To me, it kind of all ran together after a while, and it's probably like the performance aspect of it is probably like the real, the best experience of Orville Peck, mm-hmm. and like I haven't gotten around to that. Um, I don't know. A lot of it just feels like it's so much around like what he's wearing and like the style, and like I'm waiting for him to like have substance or maybe substance that like resonates with me more. You know well, what I mean? I do. I mean, I, I actually love his style. Like, again, the style. Like, there was um, the shoot he did for Italian Vogue. Mm-hmm. I, like, sent it to um, my friend who was in the middle of designing stuff for the album. And I was so mad because I was like, okay, I just, like, asked someone to, like, make me that. Like, it was, like, the exact, like, all the iconography he used was, like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. But, um, which means, of course, I love it at the same yeah. time. But um, I am, you know, it's kind of one of those things like when you when you like an artist a lot, but then you want to see like what else they can do because it's like they're in a in a single groove. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of potential there to like ex- like to expand like where he started from and like 
like blossom into more. And I'm really looking forward to that journey. And what I hope doesn't happen is that it's like stuck in the same groove. Mm-hmm. You know? that, so that's, you know, I'm just, I'm looking forward to how he's going to kind of blossom. Yeah. Like the next full album, right? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely will reserve judgments until we see what's next. But, <laughs> you know, definitely what he's doing is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, he is very, he's out and all that, sort of, except we also don't know who he really is, except we kind of do. And like, right. it's just sort of like, okay, well, I'm glad we have like a queer artist who is like, um, related to country and who is very famous. <laughs> um, but it would be awesome to also see like someone who's not wearing a mask and maybe performing with their like real name also get to that level. And hopefully that'll happen soon. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely the, the my 23-year-old cat is very mm-hmm. insistent that she be a part of the show. I would um, like to meet her <laughs> if she wants to be picked up. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, tell me more about Sam Doors. Oh, Sam Doors is... Definitely also like a vintage kind of aesthetic there. Wonderful. Yeah, I really do veer towards a more vintage sound for country music. It's, you know, it's my wheelhouse for sure, like, by the the era that I came into country music through was like the 1920s, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and also even before that, like where like blues and country were the same thing because the marketers hadn't gotten into like splitting the, you know, the hillbilly music versus the race records piece of the cultural split. So I do. I always love a good like vintage kind of loping sound. I guess for that might be the right word. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sam Doris is. Uh, also originally from the Bay Area, but I know him as a New Orleans musician, and he's a big part of the scene down there for a while, and he was in this great band called the Sundown Songs, which uh, a lot of people haven't heard of, because it was not, uh, they didn't like have a they, had a, they had a decent following locally, but they weren't super known, but in that band were Linda Lee from Hooray for the Riff Raff, mm-hmm. Sam Doras, who's, you know, done a number of projects, you know, and this is the first one that's self-titled, but he's definitely like toured nationally and played South by and toured in Europe. Like he's big Pat Reedy from Pat Reedy and the Longtime Goners. Oh yeah. And um Kiki Cavazos, who just released her first solo record after Sundown Songs on Bandcamp like last year. She's got the best voice in the world. And it's like it was like basically this little like band that later became like supergroup. Right? Like, you know, three of the players in it have had, you know, national and international attention for being awesome. And like they were all in this little band together, sounding a lot like they all sound now, which is just, it's a trip to me. So um, Sam <clears throat> is just this great singer and songwriter. And I actually stayed in his house in New Orleans a few years ago when I was down there for both work and visiting uh, my friend who was his roommate, Nick Fox, who's also a great music writer. And um, I wrote a bunch of the songs off my first album in his living room after like based on the experiences that were happening at the time so um i love his music so much and um i listened to him yesterday do a guest dj Mm -hmm. spot on gimme country radio and uh, i just i just think that this kind of like vintage country sound is something that we need more of in the world because i just think it's it's really uh it's not overproduced it's not you know auto-tune vocals it's not you know it's not all just like about pickups and babes and trucks but pickups aren't trucks are the same thing i suppose but um 
that doesn't mean it's also not about like having fun and heartbreak and love and drinking with your friends. It's just, it's a, I feel like it's a little bit more of a, um, it's like an around the campfire, like at your favorite dive bar sort of vibe instead of a, at the strip mall at the like megaplex of concert halls kind of vibe. And to me, um, I'm not trying to disparage like big shows or, you know, pop country in any kind of way. But what I do think is that this kind of more vintage sound with it, you, I feel like it brings people together in a community kind of way more like people meet at bars, they become friends. Like I feel like it pulls people together more. Um, strangers end up dancing with each other, things like that in a way that sometimes I think, think that the stuff that's more um, processed and like produced makes people, I feel like it almost pushes people apart more. Like it's more polarizing. And I'm in just in music and in general in life, I'm more about like finding ways for us all to come together instead of, you know, just hanging out in our own little silos of crankiness. Especially right now. Especially right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny how I feel like New Orleans is almost like you move there to be a musician and just like play for the love of it. Like, I don't understand how like how it works that there aren't more nationally famous artists from New Orleans. It almost feels like it has to be its own vibe. I mean, it's funny, right? Because thousands of people go there every year just to hear music and eat food. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, because they want what that city is producing, but then like, yeah, not that many people from there end up famous. It's like, it's like the food and the music is this huge, like draw for everybody. But it's like when everyone goes home, like, those chefs and those musicians don't, aren't usually the people who get like national reputations or international reputations. So it's just, it's kind of funny. You're right. It's like people just like go there and like absorb it all and then go home and be like, Oh, I miss it so much. But it's like, right. are you buying the record? Are you telling your friends? Like, yeah, they come to you. Most yeah. of them do. Um, yeah. I mean, this weekend was supposed to be jazz fest and I saw on Facebook, I went uh, four years ago and like, yeah. I don't really think of myself as a super emotional person, but I've been wanting to go to Jazz Fest like my whole life because I fell in love with this band called Cowboy Mouth. And that's like who the podcast is named after even. And like yeah. I got to like the gates of Jazz Fest and that was always like a big highlight of their tour schedule. And I just started crying. I was like, I finally made it. Yeah, and, like, I've always yeah. wanted to go. I haven't yet. So Yeah, like I went to Newport Folk Fest a couple years ago. I even got press passes and that was super cool. And like it wasn't as emotional for me as like getting to go to yeah. jazz fest. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. Obviously wow. it was great and we had a lot of fun, but uh, it was, did not have like the same kind of like pilgrimage aspect as like going to New Orleans and being surrounded by all these incredible uh, local musicians. New Orleans Someone... definitely has a, a pilgrimage vibe to it. Every time I go, which used to be a lot more often, but it's like whenever I go, actually New York and New Orleans both have like pilgrimage vibes to me. Mm-hmm. like some places you just visit and you're just visiting mm-hmm. but there are certain places that you're like i have to go there it's right because like it's an emotional journey to visit as well as just like the physical journey yeah and there's just something like really i don't know every place is special but like there are definitely some cities or something that just feel like they have like character a way that like feels like richer than others does that make sense i don't i haven't been to oakland yet so i can't speak well, to that but I know they got plenty vibe here for sure but you know yeah every place speaks to everyone differently right it's one of my favorite parts about traveling but yeah sure i guess the more diplomatic way to say it is there are some places that speak to me more than others <laughs> and 
<laughs> some places speak to everybody <laughs> more than others. Yeah. Um, I really love Philly, but I don't think that is the case for most other people. <laughs> We're going to get into our last two songs here. Uh, I, to be transparent to the listeners, I miscounted the songs. So we had one set of four songs, and now we're going to have one set of two songs. Um, I don't have much information on uh, these folks, Thomas and the Empty Orchestra. Uh, other than that, they're from Sheffield, UK. And this song is called Old Crow, and it's a single. But Ooh. I like it. <laughs> and uh, Trixie Mattel. Awesome. Okay. So I, I do, I love Trixie Mattel so much. I like her music a lot. I, uh... oh no, one of us froze. All right, yeah, so my computer crapped out while uh, <laughs> Cindy was talking about Trixie Mattel. Um, but I assume you're saying lovely things. I and was. I also love that this is a Lavender Country cover. Well, that was what I was about to say is that, um, so this is a cover of a song by Lavender Country, which, as some folks know, they were the first out gay country band from 1973. Um, and lead singer Patrick Haggerty is also the primary songwriter. And so uh, he had this song from their first album and Trixie covered it, you know, in part, uh, I heard from Patrick to, you know, help shine both because Trixie loved the song, but also because you know, wanted to help shine a light on some of our queer country history. So I and I, I just love the song. I love Trixie's country stuff the absolute most. And um, this song is one of my absolute highlights on the whole record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me. Um, yeah, she has such like, a sweet voice. <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty. I got to see her live in uh, San Francisco in February. And um, it was pretty fun. I didn't realize that her show has a lot of comedy in it, too. I thought, I totally thought it was just going to be a country music show. And I came in and there's like seats and everyone's like getting settled in and comfortable and like not looking like they're going to dance around and get super drunk. And I was like, what's going on? (laughs) And then it was a lot of like cute, like video stuff and humor with like Katja from Drag Race also and everything. And I was like, and the songs were wonderful, but I just wanted more. Like, I was like, I, w- I thought it was just going to be a country music show. I didn't realize it was going to be a whole, like, variety act. Yeah, it's kind of like, like her own uh, hee-haw, almost. Yeah, and uh, it was, <laughs> I was just surprised. <laughs> it wasn't what I expected, yeah. so I was all like, what? You know. <laughs> yeah, one of these days I'll make it out to one of those shows, too. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to talk about or anything you want to plug, like when we can hear your show on Gimme Country? Um, my show is aired on Gimme Country every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time, which is uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And uh, I play a lot of kind of intersectional country music, old school stuff, uh, queer country stuff, folks by people of color. I try to make sure that we're shining as much of a, a wide open lens on the the community of people who actually make country music as possible so that all as many voices and stories are heard although my primary criteria is you know good songs and from there it's amazing how wide open that like you know makes the playing field um so i do that um i still write occasionally for country queer which is a great uh, pop culture, queer, country music uh, publication for fans of for LGBTQ two plus fans of country music. So um, that's they're they're a wonderful organization, and I uh, got to be a part of helping found and run that for a while. But I took a step back, and now I'm just writing for them again because I'm 
trying to release a record today well two weeks from to, you know but <laughs> the day you're hearing this and um you know that's kind of what i couldn't be more excited about so i'm I'm just happy that i finally got to see you uh, in faux person through the zoom and you know we get to got to hang out and share some music with people this was super fun yeah and uh, i suspect that newport is gonna get canceled even though they haven't said that yet so yeah. we'll be able to see your queer country show because that'll be virtual too yes probably that's uh yeah. Country quarterly show. yeah the the country quarterly show i think karen has already decided that she's probably going to make that a virtual show and then I have a show I'm doing for the National Queer Arts Festival in June that was supposed to be in person. And I'm currently figuring out how that kind of West Coast showcase is going to be virtual. We're, fig- we're like, right, I just had a meeting yesterday to be like, what can we do to make it nice? <laughs> so we're going to yeah. figure it out. All right. Well, send me a link and I'll blast it all over here. You got it. As much as I can. Awesome. Thank cool. you. Well, thanks again, Cindy. Thanks for being patient with all the internet stuff. Oh, of course. That's the way the world is now. (laughs) Yep. And uh, stay safe. Take care. You too. (laughs) And everybody else, stay safe. Take care. In music we trust, in music we believe. Yes. Enjoy these tunes. Myself creeping and hiding. Oh, 
I see you stepping high with your tight blue jeans on Strutting like a button-down paragon And I reckon you're looking for some necking, yes I do Climb right up into my manger But let me warn you about one small danger, babe And I can't shake the stranger out of you I see you prancing and preening as smooth as you can You're hotter than the popcorn dancing in the pan Out to capture a chunk of rapture someone new well, I can hit the sack like an aristocrat If you're looking for a tricking box of Cracker Jacks But I can't shake the stranger out of you Not 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 of you You're a romping bronco, I must admit Stomping while your lips are chomping at the bit Sure, I'll kiss you, but who's gonna miss you When you chase chasing midnights through? Be glad to be your one-shot pleasure Even leave you grieving at your own leisure, babe But I can't shake the stranger out of you Not of you Not of you Not of you, not of you, not of you. So you're hot to trot for the next buckaroo who's got the stuff to put a saddle on you, ride you higher in the fires of desire than you ever knew. All your favorite fantasies will come to an end You'll be waking up tomorrow needing a friend Cause I can't shake the stranger out of you Not 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 of you out of you All original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.